Hey, welcome back to Pigeon Hockey. This is Chris, and today is co-host Sebastian. Hello, hello. And you know us, we're just a goalie and a goon that have taken one too many pucks or fisted ahead and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. So be sure to follow us on Twitter to let us know what you think, and also be sure to comment and share any hockey games, news, or videos we should cover in an upcoming podcast. So Sebastian, I am recording this episode, not live, but live for us, out of Copenhagen, as it has been a trying couple months, as our listeners have been very patient hearing me record from all over the United States and Canada, and I'm officially in Denmark, and yet another hotel, which was basically been our life for three and a half months now, hotels and other people's homes. And yeah, it's, it's been crazy, but during all of this, we had a free agent frenzy going on simultaneously while you were getting married. Yeah, and, and for everyone who's listening, all the hockey players out there, um, he said Copenhagen, Denmark, not Copenhagen, the Chew. Just wanted to clear that up for everybody, so we weren't, we weren't confused here. <laughs> yes, Copenhagen, Denmark, and I've already got my hockey team lined up here. I actually walked by the rink today as uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, August 4th, which if I can stay up tonight because it is already 9.30 p.m. here. I know it's only 3.30 p.m. on the East Coast and 1.30 in my uh, Mountain Standard Time, but it's 9:30 here, and it's been a weird, weird transition to sleeping schedules. Not my, it's not my first rodeo, so I'm used to how to do this stuff. But your body still has to fight these weird, random like sleep hits and wide awake hits, and so it, it's been interesting. But watching all this stuff and all this hockey that's been unfolding, it's been really rough not to talk about it. It's such a really exciting time in uh, the National Hockey League with free agent frenzy. But I'd have to say, man, let's jump into what's been happening and what kind of stood out to you right out the gate. Uh, for me, right out the gate, I mean, the number one thing for me, I know it wasn't the number one need for a team. Well, I mean, it was a need for this team, but it wasn't like the number one splash. But for me, it was just Morassic going to Toronto. I think that was such a smart move by them. Uh, they needed a number one. And, and no offense to Jack Campbell. Everyone says, oh, he's such a nice guy. That's great, but you know he does seem like a nice guy. But Mrazek's a proven number one, a has been for years, uh, knows how to split the load. So it's not like it's going to just be the Mrazek show. I'm pretty sure they're probably going to end up splitting that. But I think that's a huge win for Toronto. Uh, super underrated. You know, it is highly rated by some people, but I think it's just to me to get a guy who can split games like that and be a true number one if you need him to be. That's a huge. That's a huge pickup for Toronto. And it really is, and that's something I think they really needed. You and I were talking prior to actually recording this podcast. We we both think Mazik's now in his prime, and he's a right fit for an organization ready to make a cup run, or at least try to make it past the first round. And, I mean, there's Toronto's goalie heading towards Carolina, and I think uh, Frederick Anderson is a good fit for the Carolina Hurricanes. You know, the bunch of jerks emphasized at this point with some of the more recent signings. I think a goalie like Frederick Anderson is going to fit really well in this club. He needed to change the scenery, man. Toronto just wasn't the spot for him anymore. And I think, you know, have a pretty good run there in Carolina. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, And obviously they also picked up Antti Ranta on a two-year, $4 million deal, Mm -hmm. which is great. But they literally emptied out their stables including what I thought was going to be, you know, their future in goaltending. So they traded Nedeljkovic away to Detroit for, you know, a third-round pick. So to me, I mean, he was in the running to be rookie of the year. He did a hell of a job when he picked up for the two injured goalies, and I thought that was going to be their future. Sure, you know, make a Freddie Anderson, bring him in as the backup and, you know, help the kid along. But no, they trade the kid away um, and then bring in two brand-new goalies. I don't think goaltending was their issue. I think they had bigger issues. And now I think their front office has a bigger issue, you know, signing Tony D'Angelo. I mean, excuse my language. What a – I'm not even going to go in there. I'm going to start the language because it might not stop. But what a messed up move. Like, 
don't get me wrong. I mean, some people do deserve a second chance. Tony D'Angelo, first of all, this isn't a second chance. It was 10th, and he doesn't deserve one for what he did. No, I agree with you on that. I think that was a really poor signing and really questioned not only Carolina, but Montreal's decision this postseason. And I don't know what these teams are thinking. I really don't know what these teams are thinking. Smart decisions are being made in Detroit. Iserman has not only been proven at this point to be just an amazing hockey player, but an even better GM. He built the Tampa Bay Lightning using and abusing all the possible rules the National Hockey League put out. And I think he's going to do the same thing in Detroit, which I hate because I don't want to see Detroit be successful. I've seen them be way too successful, way too long. I actually have enjoyed, no offense to Detroit Red Wings fans, their demise over the last few years. But he is such a smart GM, not only going after Nadelkovich, but he moved up in the draft to pick up Casa. He knows, in my opinion, as a goaltender, he knows what wins you cups is goaltending. Look at Vasilevsky, got him in Tampa Bay. He knows goaltending wins you cups, and you start from the goaltending and you build outward. You got solid goaltending, you have a little more free reign in your defense and offense to take more risks. And he is strongly targeting, probably, I mean, I feel like he stole Ned, and he brings in a guy like Casa. I mean, I think he is just going to be able to continue to build this team for success in the future. And I'm really excited to see what he does in Detroit because maybe I thought at one point Tampa Bay, he just got lucky flashing the pan, but what he's doing in Detroit, man, I tell you what, he has a really, really high hockey IQ and I'm excited to see what he does. He just, he's made some brilliant moves in this off season. I mean, really brilliant moves. Yeah. And I think the thing with Eisman is he never really goes for that splash signing. It's not, you know, he's not overpaying to bring in a guy. Uh, it's usually, you know, he's getting the pieces that fit in well with his team and he's paying them what he needs. I mean, um, I saw at one point, I think it was just a rumor, but they apparently they, people were saying, oh, well, they're looking at Dougie Hamilton. But then again, we're, here we'll talk about Dougie Hamilton really quickly signed with the, the Devils on a seven year, $63 million deal. That's not an Eisman deal. Um, so when I saw that, kind of laughed because the thing about Eisman, even when you looked at him, how he built Tampa is, yeah, he brought in names, but if it fit the team and the price was right, wasn't going to jump out and make these splash signings um, like the Devils did with Dougie Hamilton. And I think that's what's going to build Detroit in the right direction. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he continues to do because I don't think it's over for Detroit right now. I think, I mean, as a, I can't even say I'm an opposing foe at this point. I am so horrified and disappointed with the Buffalo Sabres, not only this past season, but these last several seasons and this off season especially with now all the drama surrounding Eichel, it's really hard for me to stand by just, I don't know, man, I don't know what to call it at this point, just complete idiocy that I'm seeing come out of the organization. And I think it starts at the top with Kim Pagula calling her out. I think she's a horrible loner and they need to do something to right that wrong. And, you know, she doesn't know hockey. She's proven it at this point in 10 years. She needs to step back and let hockey smart people do hockey smart things and hire some hockey smart staff, which I think they've tried to do. I think they've made a couple of hirings this offseason in the front office realm that hopefully can lead to improvements. But the team can't improve until she steps back. Her and her husband, they just need to step back. Congratulations on being billionaires. That's great for you guys. But you don't know. The, you don't know the slightest thing about the sports world, and that's been proven in 10 years as you run this organization from being a consistent contender 
to the laughing stock of probably professional sports at this point, not even just the NHL. And so they just need to step back and hire hockey smart people like they did with the Buffalo Bills. <sighs> Sorry, have oh. to get that off my chest. No, until then, I'll okay. focus on better better teams like my uh, USPHL's Ogden Mustangs. But un- until then, I just can't I can't really support this team, and I'll just be following my Capitals. Uh, I guess in the National Hockey League, but I'm in I'm in Denmark now, so. I'll have my SHL, you know, Malmo Redhawks. I'll have a local Danish team once I figure out what Metaliga team I want to follow based off where I live and most convenient to get to. And I'll probably have a KHL team. I'm really leaning towards Tractor because I love the uniform. But side discussions. Really, I think that what Detroit's going to be doing and what Eisman's going to be doing for that city and that hockey team are really exciting for Red Wings fans. Now, talking about what other teams are doing, stunned, kind of shocked at letting the Vezina Trophy winner go for a minor league player. And unsigned, what are your thoughts on Mark? unsigned minor league player? Unsigned minor league player. Like they really just, in, in all they intents just and purposes, gave away, away Mark Andre Fleury. The There's Vezina no way trophy. there wasn't teams somewhere that were willing to give you something, a draft pick, a seventh round draft Pittsburgh, pick. Pittsburgh. Sixth round Pittsburgh draft. tried to acquire him this season multiple oh, times from what I've heard. And I, I, you know, I, how, I many, know. how many assets could you get out of Pittsburgh? Uh, even if you could have gotten yourself a younger goalie to back, you know, back Leonard up and, you know, a draft Smith. pick. They would have given up to Smith for Flurry. Exactly. I mean, even if they even if they gave you a couple draft picks instead, you're up on, I don't know, that was a head scratcher to me. And, um, you know, Alan Walsh, is, his um, agent posted, you know, about the him finding out on, on Twitter. And I think that was absolutely disgusting. Um, and then I saw, and, and I can't remember who it was, but someone else who had been, who had been traded. Um, had basically said, you know, at least I didn't find out on Twitter we're taking a shot at the Vegas Golden Knights. And how do you not? How do you, like this guy wins the Vesna for you? He's a fan favorite. He's, a, he's the identity just, of your team. Exactly. Well, like, how do you not even give him a call and say, heads up, you may be traded in the next day or so. Things are heating up. At least as a heads up, this guy's just sitting you know at home, why? goes on Twitter, and boom, I'm traded. You know why? Because the next day he was be, he was going to be able to drop his 10 teams no trade list and i can almost guarantee you with the way he responded to be trained to chicago chicago was on his no trade list yeah because the next day based off of the the free agent frenzy stuff he's his no 10 team no trade list would have been dropped the next day so they just made a quick call to give him to a team they knew he wasn't going to want to be on and just make it happen so they could dump his salary which is absurd the amount of teams that would take mark andre Fleury. i mean chicago has my opinion the steal of the century Oh, they yeah. just gave they just got Mark Andre Fleury for nothing. And I think Mark Andre Fleury was not only so shocked by the event, it wasn't really nothing on the Chicago Blackhawks organization, which is in its own little garbage storm of its own right now. I just think that it came such a shock. If I'm if I'm Mark Andre Fleury, I'm going to be considering the same thing. Do I want to keep playing hockey anymore? Or I looked at it this way when he finally decided to play for Chicago. And when I saw my Chicago Blackhawks jersey, I literally thought I was in a different timeline. I'm like, okay, something happened. I switched timelines, and Mark Andre Fleury is now a Chicago Blackhawk. I feel like Mark Andre Fleury. I could be wrong. The beginning of the season will probably prove me wrong. I feel like Mark Andre Fleury probably doesn't want to play for Chicago, and basically decided if I'm going to give Chicago the option to trade me and get something good out of me, I have to appear as though I want to be a Blackhawk. So this way, they might have sat down with him and go, look, it. I know you don't want to play for us. You've made that known. However, if you don't want to play for us, at least give us the option to get some assets for you. 
and make a trade for you because if there's one of the teams you'd want to play for that we can trade you to, we want to get something back for you. So if you want to be traded, play the game. I feel like that could be in the play. I could be wrong. If he starts in Chicago Blackhawks uniform and plays the entire season next year, then I was definitely wrong. But if nothing else right now, he could be like, yeah, find the trade. Find the trade quickly. I don't know if uh, Chicago's going to get much right now, though. I mean, it's still flirting. I out get of the that, Vezina winning No, I know, but with just him just getting traded and then traded again, I mean, it's pretty obvious that he doesn't want to be there. If anything, I think the best-case scenario for both parties right now is you you play, you go to the trade deadline, and you see where your team is. If you're on fire and you're making a run for the cup, great, you stay. If you're not, that's where you already have a discussion ahead of the season saying, okay, listen, you know, come trade deadline if – you know, we're 10 games back and it's clear we're not making the playoffs. You find you try to find a trade partner for me. So that way it gets flirted, give him a chance to show that, you know, last year wasn't a fluke, which I don't think it was at all. But, you know, gets him to play, show that he's still got, you know, all the talents in the world. And then it gives Chicago a chance to show off his talents and then get something for him. I just, as bad as it sounds, almost like he's damaged goods right now because of what happened. I know it's not his fault, but still in the eyes of, you know, hockey GMs and all that. And it was like, what, you know, it's weird that, they would just ship him off for nothing. You know, there's something going on maybe in the background that we're not aware of. And maybe GMs know about something we don't know about. But I think to me is you let him play till the trade deadline and you have that discussion before. If we're not making the playoffs, you trade me. If we're, you know, three games back and we're a good chance, maybe I stay. But, you know, again, maybe that's the player's choice. But who knows? I mean, that's a discussion they need to have. And obviously that's going to be a private discussion. I don't think we'll ever find out unless he gets flipped at the trade deadline. And, you know, it's pretty obvious that was the plan. And I don't think he's he goes out and tries to dis- disclaim that stuff publicly. So I was kind of shocked when he says, I don't want to play for Chicago. I mean, he's only got one year left on a $7 million deal. He's an amazing goaltender. They they got to steal. I don't know if their plan is maybe to just – because they got Lincoln in, right? Yep. And he's an amazing goalie. He proved it this year. Maybe they're considering he might be a flash in the pan. He might be a one-year wonder. That's pretty common in goaltending. And they want to shore up that net. But they – they weren't that great this year. I don't know what the end goal is with the Chicago Blackhawks picking him up outside of obviously wanting success. But, I mean, he's the guy that's going to give it to you. He proved that. He proved that in Vegas for four seasons. Five seasons or four seasons? How long was he with Vegas? How long have they been around? 2017 was their first year. Yeah. yeah. Right? So, yeah. So, they've been around for, what, four seasons now? And they've been, what, they made the conference finals three of four years. They made the Stanley Cup finals one of those four years. And I think, what, they bounced out the first or second round, like, in the second or third year? So this is a great team built really around Marc-Andre Fleury. And I feel like they're going to run into a situation that Pittsburgh did when they let Marc-Andre Fleury walk for nothing, which I can't believe this goalie's walked for nothing twice. One of the best goalies in NHL history now has walked for nothing twice. I don't know, man. I just, I think Vegas is going to massively regret this decision. No, no knock on Leonard, but I wouldn't put all my eggs in that basket. Just saying. No, I mean, and I, I think, think Vegas Leonard, is, I think Leonard is a great goalie, and, and I mean, it's obviously you know he's he's got mental health issues that he's very open about, and I think it's great that he's been able to overcome those. But the thing is, is he's so hot and cold, and you know mm-hmm. it may very well be because of his you know maybe his mental health is poor one day and he's not playing well or whatever it is. And as bad as it sounds, and I, I don't, I hope no one takes this the wrong way, 
but you know it's it's it, they they still consider it a business and you know obviously they're trying to help him through his mental health and the mental health is, he's very open about it he's a he's a leader in that community like he's very I much agree. like this is what you know these are these are the things that people consider were wrong with me and you know whatever it is and this is how I battle through it every day but there's times where maybe the mental health gets the better of him and it's not even the in his best interest to be in the hockey world at that time step back be with your family you know regroup come back he just kind of as Vegas, you're kind of hoping that he doesn't have, you know, a big, a big, you know, issue during the year. He's he's battled through a lot. I mean, I saw him here in Ottawa, where he was probably as as worse mental health. What you could see just from seeing how he was on the ice and the issues he had off the ice. Then he got traded, and then again got moved from Buffalo, and you know where he kind of found himself and things started to go better. But at the same time, it's like you're you're kind of you're putting a lot of pressure on him as well. Yep. You know, him and Flurry were tight friends, and he even he basically said that like it was a shock what happened to Flurry. So you're really kind of taking somebody who he probably confided in, has a conversations with as you know as a, as a goalie partners, and you're just ripping that out of, his, out of his life, out of his room, and now you're just gonna stick somebody behind him. So it's kind of like you're yeah you're you're affecting Flurry's life by taking him out, but you're also affecting your team because you're kind of you're ripping apart that tandem, which I thought they worked very well together, and they were both their biggest supporters. Like when and Flurry was on the yet. bench, they supported exactly. It was one more year. Like, he could have let him walk next year to free agency. This was a team that was built around the success of Mark Renner Fleury, and bringing in Robert Leonard just made this a one-two punch that no other team could really compete with in that. Yep. So, yeah, I think I think the whole thing was just absolutely crazy, and I can't believe probably, again, one of the best goalies in NHL history has walked twice in his career for absolutely nothing. So, Mark andre Fleury, if you're listening to this, Reach out, brother. Would love one of your old Vegas Golden Knights helmets. Just saying, buddy. In terms of other issues, that you know, is there anything you want to bring up before we wrap this thing up? One thing that I found was a head scratcher, and I mean, I can, as a Sens fan or as any hockey fan, Ottawa started off free agent frenzy by announcing an extension on their head coach's contract. You couldn't wait two days to announce that, or do it <laughs> the day before, or the week before, or the start of the season. Like it's signed, it's official. Like it just to me, it was just weird timing, and I knew that them announcing that then and there, free agency frenzy for the Sense fans were going to be as it usually is, absolutely awful. Even though ownership has said, you know, by 2021 we're going to be spending money and we're going to be going for the cup. All right, well we spent some money. All right, we spent two years on Michael Del Zotto, four million dollars. Don't get me wrong, Michael Del Zotto five years ago was a stud. Michael Del Zotto now is just another vet who's taking up room for a kid who's coming up which they had problems with last year, and DJ Smith literally refused to play the kids and let the vets play. And by the time Ottawa got into an upswing and all firing all cylinders, it was the vets sitting on the bench and the kids playing. So it just and, – and Pierre Dorian basically said he was going to rectify that issue, and then he brings in another vet. So to me, it just makes no sense. I'm just hoping Ottawa's got something up their sleeve that we're, I'm not aware of, and you know maybe they'll, they'll actually try to make a push. I mean, I, I get it. They're not there yet. The kids still need to grow and learn, but at the same time – it's time to start putting pieces around these kids so these kids understand what the future is. I agree with you. I, I think they made a pretty good trade getting hold of. That, that was a great trade, and yes. That was an amazing trade for Ottawa, being able it's to, not even, you know. It's, it's not even bringing in Holden. I mean, no, no offense to Holden, but it's, it's just being able to move on from Dadanov off that contract. Yes. I thought Dadanov fit in very well in Ottawa. He just didn't play his best, and I think it's because his family was stuck in the States. He was playing in Canada. He was far away from them. He moves back to the States, gets to be with his family, and I really hope that he pops off and has third goals next year. I really do. I hope nothing was success for him. 
Holden, I hope he comes in, you know, helps out Ottawa a bit. But moving on that money was a big move from Ottawa. I just wish they would have done something with that money. I, maybe they got a plan. You know, maybe they're not. Maybe they're just trying to save money. I, That's the I Eugene. Know, but maybe they got a plan with that money. We'll see. It's the Eugene Melnick way and the Pierre, Pierre Maguire way yeah. now. That, yeah, that's true. I think uh, my final thought is I think the snipe of the offseason was Philip Grubauer with Seattle. Oh, yeah. Like Colorado let him go for nothing. I think that was that's going to that's going to come back to haunt the Avalanche, I believe. Really great pickup there by Seattle. Until next time, uh, this was Chris and Sebastian with Pigeon Hockey. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time.